I V M. All right. Hello, my name is Saru. Welcome to Football Portal. We are recording this on the transfer deadline day, which is August thirty-first. We would have recorded the podcast day before today, but it's huge festival in India. Everyone's just praying left, right, center over the last two days, so we couldn't record. But we are recording today, and it just so happens that it's worked out. And to since I am not attuned to any of the transfer rumors that are happening, we have our dear friend Azim Kharbari, who is a Chelsea fan. What's up, Azim? Hi, Sarubia. It's been great, except for the results. Yeah, all right. That is a very nice, brief introduction to what Azim's feeling. And we'll have our Tanuj Baru join in whenever he can. He's stuck somewhere in traffic, so if he joins in, that'll be fun. If he doesn't, we'll just continue. All right. Since this is the transfer deadline day, and we're recording this, I think probably. Seven eight hours before the deadline passes. Azim, let's start with the story of the last one week of transfers. Chelsea wants to buy half of Barcelona players. Why? Half of Barcelona rejects. <laughs> you need to be very precise with the terminology. Well, Those they have they rejects. have no they have no money, so it's not about who they are rejecting. It's basically who they can offload. <laughs> But it's a pretty innovative way of making money. Like if they are selling Obama Yang for fifteen million and getting Alonso, they got Obama Yang for free. So they are making fifteen million off a player who they got for free, and are getting a left back who they can use as backup or probably in the La Liga he can even start a few games. Yeah. So no, we are not like we are not disputing that. But let's start with Chelsea. And over the last few weeks, we really haven't spoken much about Chelsea. I'm so confused with all these transfer rumors. Who have Chelsea actually bought this in this summer transfer? Okay, Chelsea have bought a few players. I can list them down for you. But the main ones, the first for the first eleven would be the fact uh, we've signed Wesley for Fofana. First eleven. Who have they bought? They're so confusing. You, we've bought Chokameka. We bought uh, we bought another another kid, and there was another kid called Guardiol who was on his way, but. Uh, we just uh, pulled the plug on that one, and I think that's good news for Chelsea because we were offering him 90 million and was allowed to stay. Yes, listeners, as you can see, it's so confusing even for Chelsea fans to list out the players actually bought. They're like some guys <laughs> in the plane; he's gone back and everything. So, so we have Sterling, who's bought, right? Yes. Who else? And we have Kulibali, who who is already in yes. the club. Is that Aston Villa guy who you said spoke about Chukumeka? Yes, even he's been bought and uh, already instilled in the team. He All was right. there on the bench the last game. That's okay. Who else have been bought? We bought Mark Cucurella from Brighton. Mark Cucurella. So four players have been bought by Chelsea, right? Even oh, even Wesley Fofana finished. The medical got confirmed, so I think we, all the right. club so, announces him. All right, Wesley Fofana. So Chelsea have bought five players in this summer transfer window. Yes, and uh, <laughs> one more, one one more, one more starlet. <laughs> Who? A, a young guy. Even I am a little uh, all confused right, the name. So so they bought six players. All right. Yes. Today Fabrizio said Obama Yang is in. Huh? Yes. All right. So we let's count that seven. And we also yes. heard that Chelsea are negotiating Memphis Depay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is eight, right? Yes. And then you spoke about some Leipzig guy who with Chelsea pulled the plug on. So let's not get there, right? So yes. I think it looks like Chelsea are going to basically end up with eight players. Or is there strong rumors of someone else coming in today? We have, uh, I think, uh, ongoing transfers. Uh, we have cooled down on Gordon. 
But I think we have not cooled down on Zaha yet. But I think with Zaha, the negotiation would be the transfer fee because other than that, he is already in London. So All everything right. just falls in place for him if Zaha chooses to play for Chelsea. I think that's a very far-fetched thought right now as of today. He's in his final year. So I think in the next six months, Zaha can negotiate a contract with anybody and have a pre... Yeah, that's why I said it's, it's far-fetched for, to see that deal happening right now. So overall, Chelsea probably will end up with eight players. How do you yes. rate Chelsea's summer transfer business? I think it would be too early to rate them right now without seeing them play, right? This is because a podcast with Obama opinions, Azim. <laughs> you have to give a spot uh, opinion. <laughs> On a spot opinion, not so good. I I I rate it as okay. I if it's good, okay, and bad, I think it's okay. Okay, one to ten. How do how would you rate Chelsea? Assuming Obama Yang is also in, so around seven. Seven. If Obama, seven Yang, is, if Obama Yang comes, seven is great. I think I have teams that rank higher than us. All right, fine, seven. So where have Chelsea fallen short? The new owners basically have literally, like you know, tried throwing money around everywhere to get players whom Tuchel wants, and they had to deal with Barcelona, which is like an annoying club. And if you, I know you listen to the podcast often enough to, for you to know that we abuse that club a lot, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So seven on ten for Chelsea is not bad at all. One of the reasons why I listen to Toddle is the fact that the clubs you guys hate are the clubs I hate. <laughs> so it's a, so it's a fun it's it's so much fun listening to like-minded thoughts. And uh, okay, like coming back to the question, uh, Barcelona. No, the question was why why are you grading Chelsea transfer seven on ten? Seven on ten is great. Okay, but you did mention about Barcelona screwing it up for us, right? So that's yes. what I just wanted to clarify. That our first choices, like Jules Koundé, we've been following since a long time. He was almost a Chelsea player in January, but what happened is that we just couldn't get it through. In Rafinha, the club had negotiated with Leeds United everything. To we know steady. we know all yeah. that. So why is it seven and why is it not nine? That is the question. Because we could not get our first priority targets, no. And we've shot everywhere. Okay, we've been a little haywire. We've not been able to land the target. Like, if you put it into perspective, Man City have gone after a certain player and have gotten that player. They have not had any problems getting that player signed in and bedded in and ready to go. We've been far from it. Okay, we've not. We've but tried delayed. We never could get delayed. We sold Rudiger. We never had an. Then we went for Kulibali, who's thirty-three okay. years old. So it was a scattergun so, approach, and that's why it's yeah, seven yeah, on ten. Yeah. Talking about yes. a club which has got all its targets, which are Man City rejects. Tanush Baru, welcome to the podcast on this festive occasion. How would you rate Arsenal's transfer window? One I on ten. I can't hear you, man. I mean, my eardrums have got destroyed with all the <laughs> drums that I had to cross. Yes, to reach home today, but uh, I would rate uh, Arsenal's transfers. Uh, I, I would rate them around, I think, eight or something. It would have been great if we had also. Uh, I think we were also in the race for Rafinha for a bit, <laughs> but uh, he was. I think he would have been a good backup for uh, for, who? for a right wing. I think Saka or back. Yeah, yeah. Rafinha is a backup. Is a backup. Very strong backup. Yeah, yeah, I think because it's Saka, I think backup is the right word to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think because of that, we missed out on him. And uh, otherwise, uh, our transfers seem to have been working. Zinchenko yeah. didn't play a couple of games. What do you make of Arsenal's transfer strategies? Where Arteta calls Pep and he asks, "What are you buying?" And when Pep says, "What position is buying?" Arteta bids for the person who was already in that position in the City team and then buys that guy. Fair. So I think it's working for him right now, but there is a, a parallel strategy that he is following, which has nothing to do with City, 
Gabriel Jesus just happens to be on the crossroads of those two strategies. That's why he's working so well. The other one is he just calls Edu. Edu calls somebody in Portuguese, and next thing you know, they ship somebody over from Brazil to to England. Even that's working well for us. So if that is the case, why didn't you get that? Manchester oh, and United? there's a third strategy at play. Just collect all the Gabriels in the world. It's like a Pokemon session or something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, fine. But five wins on five. Arteta is and Arsenal are in full flow. What is going on? Is this the revolution we've been talking about since we started the podcast? Yeah, the revolution. I think <laughs> this is step one of the revolution where you start beating the teams you're expected to beat. But uh, we'll find out soon enough if the <laughs> revolution is on track for step two when we face United. I think this Sunday. Yeah, who is going to beat who? Eight two. <laughs> I think it's going to be a boring uh, 2-1 or something to the Arsenal, man. To the Arsenal? Alright. Yeah. Uh, Although, like, that's just my heart saying. My mind says that it's United is going to get through again. Because I remember when I think it was Rashford's debut or one of his first few games, United were in probably the lowest form they were, they were in quite a while. And still they just stepped up because it's Arsenal at the end of the day and... Uh, it works to motivate them. All right. Azim, let's talk a little about Liverpool. They bought Darwin Nunez, which I think is a great signing. It's just that he has anger issues. And then they are buying Arthur from U- from Barcelona. Or is Arthur this a Mello. low deal? Yes. Arthur Melo. No. Yeah, they are buying. buying. Have, have Liverpool bought anyone else in this transfer window? Carvalho. Oh, who is this guy? Who is this Carvalho fellow? <laughs> Oh, I think you've talked about him on the podcast when you discussed Fulham at the start of the season, if I'm not wrong. When you said that Mitro might not be getting as much of an assistance from him because he's a Liverpool player now. But last season, he was pretty instrumental with Fulham playing the way they did. And of course, that guy scoring 43 goals. He scored this weekend, right? Uh, this midweek. Yeah, yeah. Carvalho scored. And even Mitrovic scored. Both of them scored. Yeah, but Carvalho is the enemy of the people because he's... He scored against the people's team, which is Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, give me, I'd like to ask Varubi as to why is he so skeptic about Arsenal's prospects? Because five out of five, any team in the league, okay, we've lost to Leeds, we've lost to Southampton as Chelsea, and historically done slightly better than Arsenal in the past few seasons. Even Spurs are stuttering. They drew to West Ham. Liverpool could just get through when it came down to Newcastle. By cheating. By cheating. Let's add the words. By cheating. Okay, Okay, I agree. By cheating. And even Man City have never in their entire career think shipped more than two goals. And they've been doing that since the past seven games now. So everybody is struggling except for Arsenal. And still, (laughs) Arsenal fans are a little apprehensive about their prospects. It's a little bit of a downer. If yeah. yeah, it must be a downer for you that we are winning five games in a row. But the point oh, yeah, still yeah, is yeah. that we've had an easy set of fixtures. It's just that we're expected to win these games. But if Chelsea is not doing well, it doesn't mean that others oh, should just follow uh, okay, the Okay, fine. I would not say that you've had the difficult set of fixtures. But I think, see, first first game against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is a good team. I, I think mean, everybody out of five games talk about every game like that. that. Your question, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the answer to your question. If you are supposed to meet a friend and he cancels on you four times, the fifth time you set up a meeting, would you think it would happen or not? Doubt to hoga, na? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what's happening with Arsenal. But it's been a while. It's been a while since they have won five games on the trot. Ask Barubia, okay? If I'm not, if I'm wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're cautiously optimistic, is the word. 
So, yeah. Shall I think cautiously optimistic should be given. All right. Baru, let's talk about the transfer of the season. I can already declare this. Erling Haaland. Ooh, this beast. This, this orc from Lord What of a- the Rings. White orc. <laughs> you know, his, his, uh, my outlook towards him has changed. Today, when I saw Hodgson's uh, comments on him from 2018, where he would rather go for Jordan Ayew instead <laughs> of uh, Haaland's son. because uh, haland alfi haland's son because haland wasn't physical enough for the premier league and i think uh, haland really took that to heart <laughs> because yeah. he's he's probably the most physical uh, specimen physically we've perfect seen perfect specimen out there right now yeah we've spoken about this actually on the podcast enough you know, azim does it not seem like erling haland is like a lab built person to play football <laughs> i think erling haland is the uh, brog lesner of football <laughs> if i'm not i think i think that's the most apt description you can have he just annihilates people okay yesterday yesterday he made a mockery out of that defense in 30 minutes it, it just took him 30 minutes to dismantle the team and i agree with what both, both of you had to say he's a specimen he really is and for someone to say that he's not physical enough I think has not seen Erling Haaland not, play at all. Not just someone, Roy, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I think I, I think Roy Hodgson might be I, I, might be on some medication. I guess I think because of his age, he might be on some yeah, medication. Yeah, but Roy, making, say, see, Roy, like Hod- Roy Hodgson also supported uh, white supremacy in South Africa. So, <laughs> so he has a he has a history of misjudging world events. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Erling Haaland and uh, Apartheid. <laughs> Those are the two things, two big decisions he got wrong. You did mention about Liverpool, and then we just shifted to Man City. But there was a there was a debate at the start of the season where it was going to be Nunes versus Haaland. And I just saw a tweet very yesterday that Haaland finished that debate when Nunes was still dealing with anger issues with his mommy. So that's two hat tricks in a row, and Nunez is sitting it out because he had butted a player. Do you feel Nunez has a chance at the Golden Boot, like Haaland does? You were saying that you know the debate ended when he was sorting out anger issues. Oh yeah, but I'm asking if it ended for you or not. <laughs> Done. No, no. Haaland is on track to easily get the Golden Boot this season, man. If unless Obama Yang comes and scores eight goals in his first match in a nine-nil victory against Nottingham Forest or something, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll take I'll take that I'll take that I think I'll take a four-nil as well. Forget all right. Eight. So all, among all the Premier League teams, Tanuj, which team had the best transfer window? Ah, uh, it does seem to be City actually. Not just Haaland, but even Haaland's backup apparently. is pretty lethal man who is halen's backup oh alvarez. that guy julian alvarez julian alvarez yeah where did he come from the bench and he scored two goals <laughs> i know but like which club did he come from i have no idea man he comes There's from another alvarez in the news right now ah, though, he, he comes from a spanish side i guess i, even, I don't know side, the club huh? he came from <laughs> i i mean i don't know the club he comes from just scored two goals yesterday looks electric was good at in preseason as well It will be so much fun to see Manchester City lose to like Marseille or something in Champions League quarter final, <laughs> where where on dude. I I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And Marseille is the team that has all of these Arsenal rejects, right? 
Alexis Sanchez will score. <laughs> Sanchez, Nuno Tavares. Yeah, but it, it is it's actually not true because Marseille are going to beat. Yeah, they're going to play Spurs first, so they'll thrash Spurs in the group stage. Then they'll get to round of 16. Somehow manage a fixture against Man City and Pep will pep it up. <laughs> and then again, we will. It's a continuation of the meme on how City will would have spent 1.2 billion now and not even reached one a Champions League. Or does does Jose Mourinho and Roma beat them? No, they're in Europa League. Yeah, they. Ah, they are not. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Jose is going. Jose is going to beat Ars- the Arsenal and Manchester United, and win the <laughs> Europa League. <laughs> and then next year he's going to win the Champions League, and he'll win Serie A this season to be the greatest manager ever. <laughs> yeah. So all, okay, all I, I'm looking thing. forward to that one. See, all if if Mourinho Enough, wins, I'm feeling Newcastle already, man. <laughs> if <Okay>. Mourinho wins <laughs> Serie A with Roma this season, I think he's probably in the top three managers ever types <laughs> because <laughs> it is it's just like that. It's almost an impossible scenario. Anyway, we should take a break right now. After the break, we've seen two game weeks of football after our last episode. So, guys, who are your players of the week, and what matches are you going to watch on the weekend? So, stay tuned to Football Total. Welcome back to Football Twaddle. Let's start. Tanuj, who is your player of the week? Haaland, actually. Not Haaland. Haaland's the too obvious the choice. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's uh, it's Mohamed Salah for spoiling my FPL. So that you know, you were on track to beat your mighty opponent till our, our mighty opponent. Our mighty state. opponent, but <laughs> Salah in ninety plus eight minutes in cheating time, known erstwhile known as Fergie time. Snatches it away from us, so that's why I was having such a good game week before these Salah captainers struck. Yeah, that was sad. So he's a he's like with sadness. He's your player of the week. Yeah. All right, Azim, who is your player of the week? I think my player of the week would be Mitrovic because Haaland's too obvious, of course. Mitrovic because yeah. uh, Mitrovic beat Brighton and apparently Brighton is one of the best defenses in the league they concede the least xg in the league x y z and all of those but Mitrovic made a fun of the, all those stats and Fulham won that game against Brighton man i home, I, of course, but I, i love Mitrovic and i love the relationship he has with Fulham they go down he'll continue in championship and score like 47 goals they come up he will do what he can it's just that I think he really identifies with Craven Cottage and the owners a lot the owners love him as well it's it's amazing that even on this day and age no one wants to buy him he doesn't want to move anywhere and he's just stuck with Fulham and they're doing so fine but it's because of the fact that that Fulham's built around him when you see all those games you will see everything goes through Mitrovic everything All those crosses are targeted at Mitrovic. Mitrovic is allowed to shoot even when somebody else is in a better goal-scoring position than he is in. So Mitrovic leaving would just make him vulnerable and probably even see Mitrovic is not a perfect striker, yeah. but he but, suits the Fulham system perfectly. Yeah, and I, I mean, think that's why he knows that. You have to give a lot of credit to Marco Silva after being Definitely. disgraced. by Everton and how Watford fans hate him for getting out of Watford he is actually redeeming himself with Fulham i have a, i i think Fulham will stand a chance unfortunately baru uh before i get on to my player of the week uh, we have to talk about bonemouth sacking scott parker scott parker in interview said the owners have to invest money otherwise it's going to be a long season i feel sorry for the fans 
and then the owner said yes feel sorry from the stands get out <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> why would managers think that like you know let me abuse the owners in public and somehow i'll just continue staying in the club because for some what was he thinking what do you think he was thinking he thought it was one of those fifa manager games where tumhara halka sa approval rating will go down by just like a small bit agar wo thoda gali nikalo but he didn't realize this was real life oh. i think the results in even in fifa if the results have been as bad as bonemouth i think the approval ratings already a little sure on but, the lower side are but bonemouth owners know they have not bought anyone then they are going to lose they probably are like preparing to go down so they won't have swag scott parker for losing 9-0 to liverpool what nonsense if if history is any proof ralph hasenbutel puts in a run of five games after losing 9-0 all the time right so yes. scott parker obviously was sacked because he told the fans to instigate against the owners he thought it was like an he missed just the moment thinking everything is anti united like glazers ki chalo mai bhi baithi ganga mein ఎనివే I think even I I read Almiron also as I Almiron did that skill on Robertson if anybody saw that <laughs> yes. oh that was beautiful Robertson did not even understand where the ball went and he was searching for the ball and Almiron was already off to be fair even I don't think an Almiron knows much where the ball went he just <laughs> he just ran it so happened that the ball was there we are such hipsters not one of us chose Haaland no we said Haaland to hey but hey. it <laughs> it is too obvious a choice Get conformist hipsters All right. Okay, what games are we going to watch this weekend? Tanuj, you'll have to tell me what the London derby of the week is. Chelsea versus West Ham or Tottenham versus Fulham. I'll actually watch Tottenham versus Fulham. I think oh. that'll be a more fun match. Yeah, it'll be a fun match. What do you think Chelsea is going to be the score? I was disappointed till now. I I had so such high hopes from West Ham if you remember I predicted them to win the league. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just not working out. I think my Monday Oh. Did you do Daru with Baru before you did that podcast where you predicted always the West Ham? Huh? Huh? That I think that now it makes sense. I predicted West Ham to be in top four. I said Newcastle and then Man City, Chelsea, and West Ham. I think that still suggest that still suggests sobriety, right? I don't <laughs> think the West Ham winning the league does. <laughs> All right, so Daru yeah. with Baru is fine. All right, Tottenham versus Fulham. What's the score going to be, Tanuj? I think Mitrovic I mean Fulham is definitely going to win the first half as we all know so that's a 1-0 to Fulham and that's when I'll turn the TV off and that's all that matters but I predict a 3-1 win for Fulham because oh, wow. it's it's Conte's third game in 8 days he's already showing that he can't handle more than a game a week <laughs> his whole system is taking a beating so 3-1 for Fulham Mitrovic brace and because Young Ming Son is going to marry Conte's daughter. I'll give him a consolation goal on the weekend. What? Really? Yeah. Didn't Conte say that Young Ming Son is an ideal son-in-law? Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Azim, what game are you going to watch? So I'm going to watch the big one. Manchester United versus Arsenal. All right. What's the score going to be? It's going to be 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, one? wow. Who's going to score? Casemiro. Jesus and Martinelli. 
Cruz and Martinelli. Who's going to score the one for Manchester United? David uh, De Gea. It's going to be no, no. I think it will be Bruno Fernandes. Oh God, he's going to dive and take a penalty. That can also be the case, but he'll score. <laughs> Probably okay. going to be McTominay or somebody, man. Oh yeah, McTominay is a great player, man. I love him. Anyway, <laughs> so he's even agreeing that he's not going to have the clean sheet. That, that is too low, yar, Barubi. At least. Hey, clean sheet? Where is it against Manchester United? Yeah, you Manchester clearly... United haven't been haven't been that great this season. Yeah, Wouldn't but they're scoring goals. Everybody that's agree? Possible. They'll score goals. They'll score one, which is right, and yeah, that yeah. will be a McTominay with uh, <laughs> like some deflection or Fred with a genius. No, 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 no. I, I, I think you're high <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to suggest some Serie A game. I'm going to watch Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth. I think there's a Lingard hat trick coming in somewhere. <laughs> and Bournemouth's caretaker manager will say we are in for a lot of pain, and he'll also be sacked after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> if Lingard scores a hat trick, I think the owners will also understand that it's going to be a very long season. I don't it- think it needs said. Yeah, but we should end the podcast talking about Leicester. They have sold so many players, and I am just reading that Marcelo is coming in. I fear for Leicester this season if they're not a little careful and they don't buy someone in Jan. It's going to be a Everton-like situation where they will hire Lampard, and on the last day they will get out. <laughs> what happened to James Justin? Wasn't he a good left back? And he he did light it up in the Premier League last season. I think yeah. last season. Or I know, but I, I mean, dude, I, I couldn't register him because he had two first names. Why <laughs> cancel over? <laughs> yes, and his watch got stolen outside the stadium <laughs> by the Leicester Ultras. <laughs> oh, Leicester! I thought you, said, you were going to say Lewandowski or something because he was trying to replace his watch. <laughs> we, okay, we should end the podcast on the note that Aubameyang's watch gets stolen and he then gets sold to Chelsea. You guys, his, think, jaw, his jaw gets broken, dude. That, that's gonna that's so gonna make him sit guys, on the sidelines for weeks. You guys think there is some correlation, causality with it, or it's all kosher? <laughs> yeah, Karma. even I don't know. All right. On this transfer deadline days, the last words, famous words spoken, was karma. Tanuj, later. <laughs> Enjoy Vizarjan. <laughs> All right, Azim. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you so much, Arubia, for having me. All righty, guys. Take care and bye bye. See you next week. Bye bye. Yeah.